Wait for it. There's no need to wait, geeks. We are back. This is the Active Geek Podcast with your hosts, Jim and Chuck. And Chuck, we have a, a fun little episode today. This is a jam-packed with a lot of stuff, but the meat and the potatoes of this episode is that we are going to be previewing the Falcon and Winter Soldier. Yes. Which is going to be exciting. I'm, look, I'm looking forward to this. Uh, really looking forward to this. I can't wait for the show, but we'll talk about that. And we'll do our little preview. But we have a trailer. And I say trailer because Netflix says trailer. But in actuality, what we got is a voiceover. And then a first look, which is just a couple pictures that turned into stills. And uh, it's for Mark Miller and Frank Wyatley's series, Jupiter Legacy, coming to Netflix on May 7th. It's going to be an eight-episode run. It's billed as the first generation of superheroes, which have kept the world safe for nearly a century. Now, their children must live up to their legacy in an epic drama that spans decades and navigates the dynamics of family, power, and loyalty. So it's kind of like the adult version of We Can Be Heroes. Yeah. Uh, and then they gave you a still, uh, an official still with the, the main three, which is Josh Dumal, Leslie Bibb, and Tyler Maine. They're the first generation, and now we're going to see the second generation. But overall, what do you think of the two-minute trailer teaser thingy that we saw? I mean, it didn't really show a lot of actual footage. Like you said, it was kind of looked like someone was sketching out on a on a comic book page, and then that picture comes to life, and it's the still of the live-action show. So we got a couple pictures of that, so not a whole lot. The concept seems cool. Uh, we're finally getting Mark... Mark Millar stuff because he they've been saying you know Netflix kind of wanted a Millar verse. Though they have one, they're, that's what they're they're building towards this Millar the Miller verse. This is the first time we're actually getting something so far. So it looks cool. Uh, he described it when like when he wrote the book, he wanted like a Lord of the Rings epic. I'll be honest. From that trailer, I didn't get Lord of the Rings epic. No, no. But you know who you know. I I've read the comics. The comics are good. I still don't get Lord of the Rings epic from it though. It's good. It's good stuff. So the series is going to be great. But I I didn't compare it to like Lord of the Rings, Game of Thrones stuff like that. Well, I think he meant more of a legacy kind of where like he wants people to read this and know about it in fifty, sixty years from now. All right. So let's be honest. Have you heard of this before it was announced? No. Okay. So I think he. I don't know if he succeeded. <laughs> you know, I've I've read some of his stuff, but not that. But uh, it seems cool. You know, Josh Jamel for a while always had that superhero look, and now he's getting it, even though he looks like he's like seventy in this. He lo- he looks like Odin. I got some like Titanic vibes when when he's on like the boat because it looks like he's coming over from some country, but he's like on top of the boat looking into America. So I kind of got like Titanic vibes from it. Yeah. It- Overall, it is exciting because it's new comic book stuff. It's Netflix venturing into the Millerverse, which is great. It's different creators that people aren't really familiar with. But if you go back, you look at like Kingsman and stuff like that. He created that, which is great. So I'm excited for that. But we'll follow more about it when it comes out. When we get a, a full trailer, we will also probably review it in an episode in May. So let's move to the newsroom because we've got some news. We got a... Dungeons and Dragons movie happening. How about that? We did a Dungeons and Dragons episode. It never took to uh, the air because we had some technical difficulties, but 
we did a great episode and they are um stacking yes stacking up a very good cast um, and by they i mean john francis daly and jonathan goldstein the directors who are known for writing spider-man homecoming they directed game night they directed uh, vacation with ed helms and chris hemsworth but let's just talk about the cast and then we'll give our, our thoughts chris pine is your lead it was announced a couple months ago that he would be leading it um yes. our new boy uh reggie john page every episode Every episode of 2020, yes. he's he's in this. Uh, Sophia Lillis from It, Michelle Rodriguez from Vin Diesel's Familia, Hugh Grant, Justice Smith from Jurassic World, and po- Detective, uh, Detective Pikachu. They're all slated to appear in this movie. And although the details about this movie are kind of scarce, the, an earlier script has indicated that the movie would involve a group of adventurers seeking out the dreaded eye of Vecna, a famed artifact in D&D lore. So I know you're 100% familiar with the Eye of Vecna and you worship it, but for those who may not be, the Eye of Vecna is a preserved human eye variously encountered as a bloodshot human eye or a hard shriveled red or black clump. When placed in an empty human eye socket, it becomes a golden eye with a slit pupil like that of a cat and glows red and green in the darkness. So when we look at this cast... I don't know if that's the final synopsis, but an earlier script that indicated that. When we look at this cast, Chuck, what do you think about this uh, seemingly stacked, recognizable cast? I'm cool. I, the only one I really don't know is Reggie John Page, even though we talk about him all the time. You know him from this this podcast, my friend. I know him from like Bridgerton and stuff, and he's rumored for everything. I'm really intrigued that Hugh Grant, they said he's going to play the main villain. Yeah. Do you think he's going to be like a Charles Dance of Godzilla King of the Monsters or do you think he's going to be like a character like the Mind Flayer or something in D&D lore? I could see maybe like a wizard or something like that. Like I don't see him. Because like that synopsis, did it give you Dungeons and Dragons vibe or did it give you like National Treasure meets Indiana Jones meets the Expendables? Yeah, I was thinking like that, like Jumanji. Yeah. Kinda. Like is it, are they playing a game and they get zapped into the game and they have to go on this this journey? It was first announced. That's what I th- said that it could be like because Jumanji was so popular, you know, in the past couple of years with the reboot, semi-reboot. Like, I could see them going that route. Like, you know, or is it going to be set straight into the Dungeon Dragon 4? I don't know. That's a weird group of people to be part of a dungeon campaign. Yeah, like are we thinking Chris pa- Chris Pine and Michelle Rodriguez are together, and Sophia Lillis is her daughter, and Reggie Jean Page and Justice Smith are either together or like brothers. Who knows? Oh man, I'm so confused. I, I don't know, but like I I'm intrigued that Hugh like Hugh Grant is the most intriguing to me because he was big in the '90s and you in the early 2000s, but then. He kind of faded a little bit, but then he came back with The Gentleman. He was great in that. He was great in. One of my favorite, I think was my favorite movie of 2020. And he was very, not like he, you know, in the early 2000s, was romance comedies like Notting Hill and yeah. stuff like that. Like, you know, The Gentleman was a departure because he was kind of a scumbag. This is pretty cool. Uh, I've, we've never seen him in a actual villain villain type uh, I'm sure Michelle Rodriguez is going to be some kind of badass because she always is. It's going to be like uh, every Mila Jovovich movie. 
I'm like, surprised she's not in it. <laughs> she will be. Don't worry. But I don't know if anybody wants to cast her except their husband after how bad Monster Hunter was. Did you see it? Oh, my God. It was horrible. I bought it on, on demand because Ugh. I wanted to see it. And it was god-awful. The, the worst thing was Ron Perlman's wig. But in terms of this casting, I will say they are doing a good job getting recognizable faces yes. that span different generations. So I think yeah. that that's good. And they're, they're bringing in, like— every age demographic of D&D fans. You got the ones who played in the 90s, and then you have Hugh Grant, early 2000s with uh, with Michelle Rodriguez, late 2000s with Chris Pine, and then currents with John Reggie Page, or Reggie John Page, Sophia Lillis, and Justice Smith. So I think they did a really good job. Now yeah. let's go into something that I don't know I want it. I don't know if I need it. I don't know what's going on with it, but we got Space Jam 2. Yeah. Coming out, a new legacy. We all know LeBron James is starring yes. in this movie because Michael Jordan didn't want to. And I think when they leaked the four years ago, maybe set maybe now maybe seven years ago, they leaked that Space Jam Two was going to be a football movie with Tim Tebow. <laughs> and like, listen, I get that Tim Tebow's a a recognizable face and he's a good person, but I don't want to see a football movie about tim tebow and looney tunes so i'm glad they went basketball route and kept it true to their roots we got the first look entertainment weekly gave us the first look there's some clips on hbo max's like promo page but what i will say about this is that the looney tune animation looks great yeah it does except for lola everyone's upset about that i know there's a ton of teenage boys who are really going to be upset about lola and the way that she looks. Because they, like, when we were kids, they really over-sexualized Lola. Yeah. And a lot of people had a crush on a bunny. I'm, I'm excited about the animation. I'm really yes. bummed that we live in this thing called cancel culture. And they yeah. canceled Pepe Le Pew. Yeah. They, like, he's in it. And they took him out. Yeah, he's gone. Because they were like, oh, wait, he's, he's a French skunk. And he, I, I mean, he, I feel like he did try and date rape that cat. So maybe, oh, yeah. so maybe I don't feel bad for Pepe Le Pew. Cancel him. He's Josh Whedon of the Looney Tunes universe. Uh, but the supporting cast looks great. Don Cheadle. We love Don mm-hmm. Cheadle. I forgot he was in it until I saw the first look. Uh, Sasha from The Walking Dead. Sonika Martin-Green's yeah. in it as well. I think the jersey looks cool. What, where do you stand on the jersey? I like them. Uh, it looks like the classic Looney Tunes logo. Like, the round... The round, yeah, the, the Warner roundness. Brothers logo, like on the side, like the that's all, folks. Yeah, um, that looks pretty cool. It, it's better than the original jerseys for sure. Really? Oh, man, I'm a sucker for the OG one. Like I am such a sucker for that one. That classic white Toon Squad right on the front. I think that that was great. But this one kind of reminds me of the Miami Heat City jersey. Yeah, like with the color wash and. I, I really like that jersey, so I, I get it. That's that's a cool thing. Uh, what you don't see, though, in all this first look, or maybe I missed it, is you don't see the Monstars. Well, they're not the Monstars. It's going to be the Goon Squad. Yes, which essentially is going to be based off of, if you go based off of IMDb, Anthony Davis, Kyle Kuzma, Draymond Green, Chris Paul, and Dame Lillard. They're the only other basketball players besides Clay Thompson in this. Yes. And I don't think Clay Thompson's going to play basketball. He tore his ACL right before the filming of this. Yeah. 
So maybe he's the Bill Murray or like the coach. Who knows? Oh, I wonder what he's going to be. Clay Thompson is, is comic gold, so I, I'm very happy for that. Are you glad that we didn't see the Goon Squad slash Monstar slash Bad Guys? Kind of, you know, because it's WB, and I'm surprised they didn't show the whole film. What I think, because, you know, one, we're not getting Danny DeVito's character, which sucks, because Danny DeVito was great in the original. We don't know this. No, we don't. Which, I mean, we could always get cameos, and we didn't even get a trailer for this yet. No. Do you want to see a trailer, or are you going to wait? Because I'm not watching a trailer. I don't really want to see a trailer. Like, I'm going to see it anyway. It's on HBO Max. I'm going to watch it at home. I'm yeah, going to watch it, ju- so... Comes out July sixteenth. Yeah, I don't need a trailer. I'm I'm good. Yeah, same here. And like, what? Do you, let me ask you a question because we do this for a living. Yeah. Like, uh, for we volunteer as podcasters. Um, <laughs> do you hold trailers to such merit as a podcaster now, or could you do without them? Depending, there are some trailers that will uh, pique my interest and like, get me into seeing something. Okay. But there's some properties that are I'm going to see regardless. Likewise. Yeah, same, same. Space Jam, any superhero movie. Yeah. Like any Star Wars movie. You know what I mean? Like any genre-type movie that we're into, I'm going to see. So it really, to me, even though I love trailers, I don't need them. Yeah, I feel I, like so many movies are being ruined by trailers now. Mm-hmm. And the one I'll say, because I know you watched it, Coming to America, I think, was ruined by trailers. Yeah. Um, and I think that's Amazon's fault in the in the main scheme of things because they should have just released it on Christmas instead of prolonging it three more months with more TV spots, more trailers. They should have released that trailer in November like they did, release it on Christmas, and then we're good. But I feel like I saw everything that I was supposed to in the trailer. But I still suggest people to see it if you want to watch a fun Eddie Murphy and Arsenio Hall movie. It was fun. Yeah. Um, the one thing, we'll get back to Space Jam. The one thing that I kind of saw and I look like maybe put it together is Don Cheadle looks like a cheesy promoter. Yeah, he does. He looks like the little Monstars coach back in the day. So so I'm thinking that maybe Don Cheadle is a promoter and trying to get LeBron to play with the tunes and then somehow creates the Goon Squad. Oh, I would like that. So, um, like HGHism, yeah, yeah, Cause, who knows? Because <laughs> I mean, yeah. they're already enormous. Anthony Davis is seven foot one. Like, I first of all, I want to see Anthony uh, Anthony Davis's goon squad monster with the unibrow. Oh, yeah, you know, it's gonna happen. And like Draymond <laughs> Green has like the big mouth. Like, I want, I want to see all they're all very cartoon, cartoon characters. I love it, love it. I see that route because, like I said, like the stills, he kind of looks cheesy yeah you know he does. He's, got, he's he's got the big flashy suit and he's got a kid next to him with a goon squad jersey mm. he created so him. i'm thinking maybe to get social media followers or make money or however he wants it, he created these goon squads to go up against lebron and and the tunes i also like I'm going to see this movie regardless. Based off the first look, I mean, we can yeah. preview this whole movie as long as we want, but based off this first look, I think it looks great. Um, yeah. I hope that there's a joke that says, well, the first guy was better than you. <laughs> because if there's like the constant goat talk, LeBron yeah. versus MJ. And I'm, I'd like that to be in there. And I'd like to see how LeBron acknowledges it, even though it's a written line. But 
surprisingly, LeBron's a pretty good actor. So I don't think that this is a terrible move, terrible choice. Even though I'm not a huge fan of LeBron, I understand why he is taking over the mantle of Space Jam. Yeah, I mean, who else would have done it? I mean, Embiid would be fantastic. I'm surprised he's not in it because he is comic gold. If um, if Anthony Davis didn't join the Lakers, I think he would have been on it. Because I know Giannis was asked to do it too. And, and Giannis. He said no because he wanted to try and win a championship in Milwaukee. He's too serious to be in it. Oh, no, he's um, funny. I know he's fun, but when it comes to basketball, like, I don't know. I just see him. I just think he doesn't want to get hurt shooting a film. You imagine, and I'm surprised. Like, LeBron tears his Achilles. Can't play either. I'm surprised Ben Simmons ain't in it because that's like LeBron's boy. Well, you need to have a basketball player who can shoot the ball. Like, what's he going to do? Just stand there the whole time and be like, eh, I can dribble. So I mean, I, I Sean. The goddamn movie. Sean Bradley was in the first one. Yeah, but he's seven foot nine. You know what I mean? I digress. We, we could, listen, we could talk about basketball as yeah. long as we want. But let's move into a new segment. We're both going to see Space Jam. I'm going to buy the jersey. I can't wait. Let's move into a new segment called Active Geek Comic Book Book Club. First yeah. time, Chuck. You hear that? First time. This was uh, actually going to be a Patreon show, but we don't have enough time to do a Patreon show. We barely have enough time to film uh, to record a podcast weekly. We're going to talk about a mo- uh, comic book. First reaction. That's it. Not review. Yes. First reaction of a book that was one of my recommendations of the week last week, and it's called Noctera by yep. Scott Snyder and Tony Daniels. I'll read the synopsis, and then we'll just give our thought about the first issue. Full Throttle Dark, Part 1, 10 years after the world is plunged into an everlasting night that turns all living creatures into monstrous shades, the only way to survive is to stay close to an artificial light. Enter Valentina Valriggs, a skilled ferryman who transports people and goods along deadly unlit roads with her heavily illuminated 18-wheeler. First reaction of Noctera, Book 1. What did you think? I liked it. I thought the story was very good. I thought the artwork was great. Tony Daniels, man, becoming my, yeah. like one of my favorite artists. He's fantastic. Yeah, the artwork was really good. And I kind of sent it last week before I read it. And I 100% say it now after I read it. Totally a movie or series plot. Th- this would be a fantastic movie plot. The way I think I think about it a little bit, it's kind of like Snowpiercer meets Mortal Engines meets like The Walking Dead. You know? And kind of and throw like bird box in there. Yeah, but she, yeah, yeah, because the 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 blind you can you can't see. Yeah, I I really like this. I like Val as a protagonist. I thought she was great. There's she a, had a pretty good backstory. Um, yeah, great backstory. That that opening was really good. Yeah. Uh, so without really giving anything too much away, um, I did really like it. I'm glad that you suggested it. I'm glad they it was available when I went to Crossroads. Likewise, um, great book. It, I picked up two really big books last week. I know you weren't able to get a chance to pick up Berserker. That's yeah. Ke- Keanu Reeves' book, already in third print right now, which is fantastic. It's it's a Keanu Reeves vehicle. There's li- little dialogue, tons of action, and I thought it was great. But Noctera was the book that I picked out that I saw the most promise in. Yes. And I remember when this was going to crowdfunding for Scott Snyder and Tony Daniels, and uh, I'm – 100% re-recommending this because it's an amazing book. It's going to be an amazing series. And, uh, yeah, get it because it's, uh, it's a good 
it's a good story and support image and good writers and good artists and good people. Now let's go to my pick of the week, Chuck. I got two of them. One is a continuing series because he's our buddy and it's a great book and that's Commanders in Crisis, number six by Steve Orlando and Dovey Tinto. And it starts as originators hunt the psychotic radio sapiens known as the social callers. But is she shutting them down or joining them? With empathy in rigor and frontier vanished, only superhuman logic can keep the commander or crisis command fighting against the American Individuality Act and the Extinction Society's next move. This is a great book. I suggest it to everybody. This is this is set up for a great TV show too, and it's gonna be. I think it's gonna get a series soon. I would highly recommend. I highly recommend that one. And the next one is one that I know you're gonna get. Joker number one. Yeah. Following the events of Infinite Frontier number one, did you get that? Yes, I haven't read it yet, but I do have it. Okay. The Joker is the most wanted man in the world, but the clown prince of crime is several steps ahead of the law enforcement, and he's on the run overseas. James Gordon, facing retirement, realizes this is the manhunt of his life and the last piece of a story career. But what mysterious and deadly forces are also in pursuit of the Joker? And in a backup story following the events of the smash hit punchline number one, DC's most controversial new villain navigates the infrastructure of Blackgate Penitentiary, while on the outside, Harper Rowe takes up the mantle of Bluebird to stop her brother from falling under punchline's influences. I highly recommend that. I know you're going to get it. I'm going to get it. It's the first time the Joker has had a series in a long time. Yeah. I just don't know how James Gordon thinks that chasing the Joker now, as he's facing retirement, isn't the manhunt of his life. Yeah. Like, wouldn't you dedicate your life to getting the Joker, kind of like what Batman did? Yeah, he's, you know, the most uh, ruthless villain. Paralyzed his daughter. Yeah. Yeah, especially after that. Like, What the hell are they thinking at DC? We know how important the Joker is. It's not yeah. like Magpie came out of the woodwork and was like, hey, guys, here I am. I'm, I'm a dangerous now. I don't get it. I don't get it at all. But let's let's go into something that we do know and something that we're looking forward to, Falcon and Winter Soldier, which is coming out March 19th. So let's just go on what you're expecting because I have some expectations for this series, and I want to hear if you and I have some similarities. I'm expecting kind of like the same tone as Captain America. Obviously, we're not getting a WandaVision series. If people are expecting something like twisty and turny, I don't think that's going to happen. Wait, so you don't think that this is going to start in the 50s? No. Black and white, 50s. But you know what I mean. Welcome back, Potter. um, I think this is going to be kind of on the same lines as uh, Winter Soldier and um, Civil War. Uh, So a lot of action. I'm expecting a lot of action. I'm expecting... Not really like comedy, but like a buddy cop show between them two because they got great chemistry. Did you see the picture of Sebastian Stan and how ripped he got for this? Oh, yeah. It's like the most fit I've ever seen him. Like he was always in great shape, but he like got ripped for this. Like Chris Hemsworth ripped. Speaking of ripped, did you see Natalie Portman? Yeah, she she's looking pretty fit. Yeah, I I agree, man. The first thing I I said was that I think this is going to be a change in gear from WandaVision, like you said. This is going to be more classic MCU stuff. Kind of a pickup from the events of Endgame, where WandaVision was a pickup in a different route. 
whereas Wanda kind of was expecting to turn things magical, and we saw that this is going to be a little more political, and I think that there's going to be a political agenda that is going to become weaponized, uh, setting up that our heroes, Falcon and Winter Soldier, are actually going to be eyed as villains by the government. We kind of think that that's going to happen. We have a new Captain America, a.k.a. U.S. agent, so it looks like they're trying to replace the mantle of the the heroes from Avengers and yeah. give like more political soldiers uh, more coherent with the Sokovia Accords. I think we're going to hear that word a lot. Yeah. I think and we're going to get a lot of Sokovian Accords. I think this way, you know, with the U.S. agent, they can control him. Even though Steve Rogers was kind you know, created, he was kind of a lone gunman. Absolutely, um, yeah. U.S. agent is a hired hand. Yeah, absolutely. So I th- like you said, like I expect a very political agenda on this. Yeah. I also think that there's going to be a lot of loose ends being tied up in this. We've got some returning characters. Batrock yep. the Leaper's back. Oh, I'm Zemo- excited. Zemo's back. A lot of what-ifs, a lot of questions for Zemo. What happened after the universe? Maybe he was snapped, and when he came back, the prison was closed, and he was able to get out. We don't know. And then an introduction of new characters that we'll talk about in a bit. Uh, what are you hoping to see? I'm hoping to see a lot of cameos because the world is more open compared to WandaVision. Yeah. Um, so I, I would really like to see familiar faces from the MCU. Did you think, did you like make a list of who you would like to see? I have one, but that's in my shot in the dark. Was it Chris Definitely. Evans? I'm not going to say it yet. Okay, because I wrote, I want to see a Chris Evans cameo. Like an old version, but it looks like they're kind of alluding to, based off the trailer, that Captain America died. So I don't know. I don't know. So I want, I want to see that. So I, w- I want to see a lot of cameos. They were going to see Nick. Nick Fury. Yeah. Really? You think he's going to come down from space? Or the scroll version? <sighs> because I don't know. I don't know if he would show up. I I would like to see a lot of cameos. Like white Definitely. vision, he just I don't flies think through. White vision. Just flies through. Like I am the vision, and he flies away. I listen. I want to see cameos too. My big one was I'm hoping to see more MCU tie-ins. Yeah, and and things that we weren't expecting. Like there's a lot of stuff that we are expecting. Like mm-hmm. I would like this to name drop Mark Spector. I would like this to name drop Jen Walters because that's what Captain America does. Captain America's uh, Winter Soldier name drops Stephen Strange. Like I'd like they to did. see, I'd like to see that stuff continue. Winter Soldier introduced us to a ton of characters, and yeah. Captain America has introduced us to a lot of characters. So I think that this is going to do the same thing. Um, that Chris Evans cameo, I would like to see though. I feel like it, it has to show up whether in flashbacks or they go to like ninety-eight-year-old Chris and Peggy's house, Stephen Peggy's house, and they're still oh, Peggy's dancing. Dead. Yeah, that's right. Well, is she? She died in Captain America 2. But Steve wasn't 85 in Captain America 2, like an old man. He went back in time. Yeah, true. So we don't know. And he, in this reality, did he make out with his niece? <laughs> I don't know. He might have. Um, <laughs> which character are you excited for? Is it Falcon and Winter Soldier? Oh, Baron Zemo. Yeah, Baron Zemo. He's the big what if about this. Like, how does he fit into this? Daniel Bull was great yeah. in Civil War. Yeah, he. I remember you saying this, and I, I think I know what you're going to say. In Civil War, 
he was Helmet Zemo. In yeah. this, he will become Baron Zemo. Yes. The look is great. You know, we, he's obviously getting the purple hood. I love it. I love it. He he just he looks like a goon from a rap video. <laughs> just like a, a Russian rap video. And he's got his goon mask on. He's got the jacket with the, the fur around the collar. Yep. He looks great. Um, Obviously, it's not the original because that one's just stupid. But the more updated one from, I guess, what, like 15, 20 years ago? It, that's what we're getting, and I am very excited about that. And yeah, I want to see, yeah. like, even though I thought Daniel Brule was great, I leaving Civil War, I said there could be more. Yeah, absolutely, and they they kept him alive for that reason. Yes, I'm really excited for that. Yeah, the good thing about this preview is like everything that we're talking about is 100% on the first trailer. Yeah. So if you watched the Super Bowl, you saw this trailer. I think I'm excited the most. Obviously, Falcon and Winter Soldier are going to be great. We love them. We know how good this is going to be. We know how fun this is going to be. And the evolution of Sam becoming Captain America is going to be huge. I'm looking forward to seeing Wyatt Russell's U.S. agent, a.k.a. John Walker. Yeah. I have a theory about him. Okay. I I think that he is the U.S. agent, but I also think that he's Flag Smasher. And he's infiltrated the government because it brings me to my second character who I'm excited to see is Aaron Kellyman, Infus Nest from Star Wars Solo. Yeah. She's alluding to becoming or to being Flag Smasher. We see her on the side of the train. She's got the handprint on her black mask. I actually think that she is, in fact, just part of the rebellion and is is acting as the face on the streets as our boy John Walker is really Flag Smasher behind the scenes. I hope we get a little more of Bartrock. Well, yeah, there are also people that I think that I'm excited for. Zemo, obviously, Batrock the Leaper, played by George St. Pierre, and um, Agent 13. Yeah. Um, uh, I really Cam- want I really want Batrock to have the mustache. I um, think he has a mustache. I think George St. Pierre has a mustache right now. Because in the first one, and then they did a very good job with Obviously, the original Batrock the Leaper costume was ridiculous, but they did give him the purple and yellow. Yeah, um, which uh, was cool. So I hope he gets that. But I want him to have the uh, curling mustache. Uh, personally, I think that that was a great casting. Oh yeah, George St. Pierre. You don't really need to have him talk a lot. He's athletically gifted. He looks like Batrock. I think that that was fantastic. So oh, yeah, let me, totally. Let me ask you a question. How does this set up Marvel Phase 4? Because we knew WandaVision, or at least I'm going to say we knew, like we actually knew. We got everything wrong. We thought WandaVision was the ultimate opening of Mephisto into yeah. Doctor Strange. And Nightmare was going to pop out. And Shathan's going to pop out and all this stuff. Doctor Strange and Mordo and Wong and Tilda Swinton, they're all going to show up. How does this set up more of the Marvel Phase 4? I think it doesn't as much as WandaVision. Like, even though we didn't get what we wanted, WandaVision is moving straight into uh, Madness and Multiverse. And we saw that at the end with her with the Darkhold. Um, I don't see this leading too much into the future, except I think this sets up the new Avengers. Okay. I'm not, not far off with you. Like I said earlier, I think whereas WandaVision was setting up the magical aspect of the MCU, right? Both ground mm-hmm. level and cosmic and all that stuff. 
I think that this is going to set up more of the grounded aspect. The Ironhearts, She-Hulks, Armor Wars leading up into Secret Invasion. This is going to show people after Endgame, after a snap, after Tony's dead, after Thor went away, after um, Cap assumingly dies, that there is still time for heroes. Heroes need to rise. Don't be held down by the government. This is going to spurn on the kind of burn the lo- burn, burn at the loins of like Riri Williams, of Mark Spector, Jen Walters, like embrace their the hero within kind of thing. And then and then listen, this is a six episode arc. You know what I mean? And I think this is going to get us another season. I don't think this is a one and done. But these guys could carry over into Secret Invasion, could carry over into the Armor Wars. Yes. So eventually, you know, this is going to set up everything on the D- the Disney Plus stuff. That I'm thinking. I don't know. Let me ask you the most loaded question I've ever asked you. Will this be as good, better, or worse than WandaVision? See, that's tough because it's going to be completely different. Look at it from look at it from the perspective that you rated WandaVision every episode of 5 out of 5. Will this be a solid 30? I think it's going to be just as good. Okay. I do too. I think this is going to be as good as WandaVision for us. Because I think it's going to be fantastic. It was a 5 out of 5 for WandaVision. I think this is going to be a 5 out of 5 too. However, for most fans who didn't like WandaVision or didn't really understand the brilliance and the beauty of what WandaVision was, this is going to be much better, leaps and bounds better. Because the people who watched WandaVision wanted Endgame. And they're not getting Endgame. And when they get this, they're getting closer to Endgame than WandaVision gave us. So. Yeah, um, because that you know, WandaVision was such a departure from anything we've ever seen in the MCU. To me, that's what made it so great is because it was so different. Not that Marvel's formulaic and you know kind of repeats; they don't, but they do have a certain formula that they run. And WandaVision was completely different from that. And to me, that's what made it so great is because it was a departure from anything we've ever seen. Absolutely, um, I think WandaVision broke the mold. Right, telling yeah, you like it, it's it totally like what we did. talked about on Wanda Watch, right? I said that WandaVision just showed you how insanely crazy their arsenal is. And just like saying, like, listen, this is what we got. You're gonna predict so much stuff, but you're gonna be wrong ninety five percent of the time. We all thought we were right with WandaVision. We all thought that we had five to six theories that were concrete. And the only thing that was concrete was Agatha because we obviously knew that was going to happen because of Agnes and then like the the lead on, right? They didn't hide the villain and the Darkhold. That's all we got right, which was crazy. I mean, I said Evan Peters was going to be in it, but not as Ralph Boner, which still blows my mind. All right, let's go to the shot in the dark, and I think I know what it is. It's the same one I have. Mephisto shows up. (laughs) <laughs> no. It's a shot in the dark. Mephisto is the bad guy in Falcon Winter Soldier. We both know it. Boom. That's the episode. Follow us on social media. Mine is kind of what you said. Uh, I want old man Steve to show up. And I want... So how I'm kind of thinking is after the U.S. agent takes over and they're kind of on the run, uh, Sam is kind of reluctant. And, you know, I think uh, Steve shows up and goes, look, you are Captain America. You were what Captain America embodies, and he kind of convinces him to fight on and to take over that mantle. 
Okay, so he rolls in on a hover round. And just and because like, listen, listen, Sammy. Like like you're saying, like, you know, they're saying Captain America's dead. Because yeah. I think they have to. I don't think he's dead. I think they have to say it because what are they going to say? Captain America went back in time to return all the uh, and the got Infinity selfish Stones, and, and decided, chose love over decided us. to stay in 1940. Yeah, like I don't think they're going to say that. No, I think they're going to say he's dead. He died in the battle. Uh, several people did. He died in the battle here. Yeah, it would and, be really cool if like the final scene was like. Sam and Bucky at a not like a rally, but like yeah, let's say they're at a rally, and Captain America presents the shield to Sam, solidifying his place as Captain America. In in the stills that I seen, Sam's carrying the shield a lot. Um, yeah, he, he well, I mean, he was gifted the shield. He was gifted the shield, but I and think he's wielding the shield. Yes, but I think for him, so well, my mind is. Uh, six episodes, so end of five. He's kind of like, I don't know if I, if this sh- is right for me. I don't know if I'm good enough to be Captain America. When he in gives it to Bucky, in comes old man Steve and was like, "No, I gave it to you for a reason. I think you do it." And then episode six is him completely becoming Captain America. Okay, new suit and all. So he goes through three suits in this episode, this season. Oh, I, I would love it. I mean, I still, and I know um, Anthony Mackie wants the original suit. We'll never get that. No. I would love for there to be a scene where, like, Bucky and, and Sam are talking to each other about their costumes. And he's like, listen, I designed one. And he brings out the wrestling outfit. <laughs> the red and, and he puts it on, kind of like Jessica Jones and Supergirl. Yeah. And Bucky's like, no, no. First of all, I love I love your shot in the dark. I also love both of their new costumes. I think Sam's is more militant and more bird-like, more Iron Man-like. I think that that's cool. Bucky's yeah. is still sleek. He's got his Wakandan arm. He's still powerful. He looks great. My shot in the dark is not that Mephisto shows up. It's the secret scene that Thaddeus Ross shows up and starts recruiting Batroc to the Thunderbolts. Thunderbolts. And does Ross become Red Hulk? Yes, not in this show, but he's leading to, like, listen, you're not the only one who's got powers. Boom, you're done. Credits. Shows up in She-Hulk. That's where I think. But you know what's going to happen. It's going to be a scroll. Another scroll is going to show up, and Bucky's going to be a scroll. <laughs> but I would like, what if? What if? Now, we're going to be here all day talking about this. What if we have the scene that I painted, right? The rally. And Sam's given the shield, by the, a new shield by Steve. Right, okay. and Bucky's pissed, and he assassinates them both. Yeah, that's not happening. Zemo unlocks more of Hydra, and Bucky just kills everybody. You think we're gonna see a lot of Hydra? I hope to God not. Not in six episodes. I don't want any Hydra. I'd like to think the Hydra is done. I don't know. That's that's where I stand. But let's move to where in the world is a superhero from, and we're gonna stay. We're going to stay with Falcon and Winter Soldier, and we're going to go to France, Chuck, and we're going to talk about George Batroc, a.k.a. Batroc the Lever. Uh, he was created by Stan, Stan Lee and Jack Kirby, first appeared in Tales of Suspense number 75, March of 1966. He's a member of the Thunderbolts. There goes my shot in the dark. Batroc's Brigade, Masters of Eagle, Evil, Masters of Evil, Legion Accursed, and 
what I would love to happen and spin out of this is the Lethal Legion. With Count Nefario and Porcupine and Grim Reaper and all them. I would love that to happen. But a little bit about Batroc. We only know that he's George St. Pierre in the show, in the movie, and the show, and that he can jump. But Batroc was born in Marseille, France, and served in, in the French Foreign Legion. He is a French costume mercenary who specializes in savate, also known as Le Boxe Franchise, a form of kickboxing with acrobatic skills and articulate unusual flexibility it's kind of like french capoeira which is very cool which fits perfectly for george st pierre being a martial arts master although he's primarily appeared in the pages of captain america he has also faced off with the punisher spider-man deadpool hawkeye iron fist and gambit so i would love all of them to be in this show it would be fantastic for every one of them to show up well i remember when you say count nefario to me, it looks he looks exactly like Ethan Hawke. So we already have Ethan Hawke. So maybe. Yep. Well, it would be yeah, he'd be in Moon Knight. So maybe he just moves yeah. over to Moon Knight. Be great. Little fun fact: in the two thousands relaunch of Black Panther comics, Batroc the Leaper was the first lieutenant of one Ulysses Claw. Ooh, okay. So Batroc has a bigger history than we think, and we gave credit to. And where you can read him? Well, you can currently read him in the Thunderbolts that's out now, and he's been a major part of this King of Black crossover stuff. So you can read him there, and then you can watch him on March 19th in uh, Winter Soldier and uh, in Falcon and Winter Soldier. So I'm excited. We'll talk about that. We're going to obviously have Saturdays or Sundays with Sam and Bucky, our new after show. So look forward to that. Let's end this episode, Chuck, on a rumor. Yes. And this one's a big one. Yeah. So according to multiple sources, Kevin Feige has a – project over at marvel studios in development under the title the mutants now i'm not thinking it's the ninja turtles (laughs) if this is true it confirms the x-men are in development right yeah so my question to you chuck if you could pick five mutants to start with it doesn't have to be x-men what would you pick or who would you pick so i pick i have two teams um one i think is a more realistic and one is a dream team that i want Oh, it's like um, Juggernaut, Glob. No, I, I went with more X-Men because I think that's what's going to happen. I don't think it's going to introduce more. I think the mutants are going to focus on not as much villains as, you know what I mean? Like the team. So obviously I think more realistic and what I would think would be really cool is the original from X-Men number one. Yeah, so, so like Beast, Beast, Angel. Angel, Jean Grey, Cyclops, and Iceman. And yeah. then obviously, I didn't count Professor X in there because he's, to me, he's separate. Yeah, absolutely. So the originals. So that's what I want. My dream team would be Wolverine, Gambit, Jean Grey, Cyclops, and Jubilee. Jubilee, nice. That would be a, a fantastic team. Yeah. Now, how hyped were you when you saw that this was a rumor? I'm always hyped when anything we get of X-Men because a big X-Men fan of what it was in the 90s. Yeah. So, I mean, we know it's coming. Kevin Feige said it's going to happen eventually. But the fact that we're getting closer to the X-Men in the MCU, very exciting. To me. Yeah, me too. Um, so I'm going to paint a picture for you, really, uh, which is not based on the question that I asked you. But I'm going to tell you the movie I wrote for the Mutants <laughs> um, because I don't think it is the X-Men. I think okay. this is the beginning of a race called the Mutants. 
So ideally, I would start with Jonathan Majors, Kang. Okay. So Kang, as Immortus, shows up in ancient Egypt, and he meets Ensabanor. Okay, Apocalypse. Yes, we all know, but the first mutant. Yes. Right? So we follow Ensabanor, and we see him essentially birthing the mutant universe. And the movie would span multiple centuries, highlighting important mutants' rise of power. Magneto, the Xaviers, it sets that up, right? So now you're you're getting the, the tease of the X-Men and the Brotherhood, right? So you're setting up these characters. It would be the origin of the mutants and would have each mutant that would lead to my team fighting another mutant in their area. Kind of like what Age Apocalypse was trying to do. Yeah. Like when they were introducing Storm and they introduced this guy and that guy, but they weren't fighting. They were just like Storm was Aladdin and Cyclops wore glasses and he was bullied. You know, this would set them up by introducing their foes, introducing lesser known mutants, introducing ties into the MCU that are already existing, stuff like that. And then it would culminate with Charles recruiting a team, Magneto recruiting a team. And then Sabanor becoming Apocalypse, setting up your Thanos later down the line in the X-Men universe. I like it. I just don't – I don't think they're going to touch Sabanor or Apocalypse. Well, I feel like they should though. With Kang, I, like with Kang, that would be, make the most sense. It, it makes sense. But I think they might just – because one, that movie wasn't – But like he wouldn't be – like he wouldn't be Apocalypse until – the final scene of the movie, and then you don't see him until the end. It's kind of like the tease in Avengers of Thanos. You're setting up the next Thanos. But I have an end credit scene too, but I'll give you my my five X-Men. Okay. And I picked a couple because of the ties to the MCU. So number one, I'm starting with Storm. Yeah, obviously. She spins out of Black Panther. Cyclops, because now you have a leader of the team. Right, you're not you're not going to say Gene's the leader of the team or Logan. It's going to be Scott. Then you bring in Beast. He spins out of the scientific universe with the the Fantastic Four, the Doctor Dooms, you know, all that. The Hulks, Angel, because Angel's an underrated character and, like you said, an OG and deserves to be there. And then finally, Psylocke to set up Excalibur and to show that the range is not just Americanized. We got a couple the same. Yeah, of course we do. You want to hear my end credit scene? Yes. All right. The end credit scene would be in a snowy setting with bare footprints walking, like a trail of bare footprints with a blood trail. The camera pans up to a bloody arm with claws extended, setting up Wolverine and the Alpha Flight. Like the beauty about those bad X-Men movies, for as bad as they were, they they introduced people to Blink and Warpath. And Kitty Pride and Iceman and Pyro and Toad and these characters. And as bad as the portrayals may have been in certain films, they introduced it to us. I just hope Marvel doesn't go, well, here's Wolverine. He's the leader of the X-Men. Magneto. And we just retread everything. That's why I'd like to see kind of like pocket universes of these pocket stories, like an anthology. It would honestly be better as a series. But I don't – that's an expensive series. I don't know. But overall with the rumor – I'm excited for it, and we'll see what happens. But that's it, man. We're going to get out of here. We'll be back next week 
with a great episode and full of geek goodness. You can follow us on social media, the Active Geek Podcast, wherever you're on social media. You can follow Chuck on social on Instagram, Chuck underscore the Active Geek. AG Cosplay is also on Instagram. You can follow the Galaxy Wars podcast every Monday. We just did WandaVision, our finale. That's posted now. And next week, we're going to do Raya and the Last Dragon, which was phenomenal. So go watch that. But we'll be back next week, like I said, for the Active Geek podcast. I am Jim. I am Chuck. And we are out.